Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Um, all right, buddy. Let's get to it, shall we? Uh, come in, so you better get to find a daughter. We're not going to have a party because it's 12 in the afternoon. <laughs> all right, we can we can throw a party later. Um, yes. Ladies and gentlemen and anyone in between, thank you for joining us. This is episode 45 of What Do You Got? You can probably tell that because it says it in the title, I think. Um, but if you can't and you can't count or read, you should probably go take some classes, and not be listening to podcasts about stupid movie pitches. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're we're happy to be here. Um, this pitch uh, this week's episode is going to be from Rob. However, this is a story I'm very familiar with, and I'm pretty sure you're probably very familiar with it, too, Rob. It's it's almost an archetype at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. There's been a lot of movies based on it. There's been a lot of documentaries and things. But, you know, before we get into that, Rob, how are you? How are you doing? You know, thank you for asking that. No one really asks me that. Uh. <laughs> I just figured we, we'd jump into the article so fast. Figured we'd, we'd talk some banter. Oh, you know? oh, geez. I didn't I didn't write down any funny improvs ahead of time. Quick riff. Uh, tell, tell me what's tell what's the deal what's the deal with something what's the deal tell me it what is the deal with ukraine uh, oh i don't think i want to riff on that <laughs> I'm, keep, I'm keeping it light i'm keeping it light <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal with world war three oh, oh god all right let's get into the article <laughs> we pitch a lot of war films oh, we do no. <laughs> but we've never pitched one that's actively happening yeah <laughs> um yeah why don't, why don't we jump uh jump on past that why don't we okay uh, that? okay we're gonna do that in the in the words of the it's always sunny podcast and the guys cut that cut that cut that cut that cut that, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> rob why don't you tell us about the mary celeste so uh the mary celeste if folks at home haven't heard about it um is one Where of your classic uh yeah <laughs> it's pretty much the classic ghost ship story at this yeah. point um the article really does a, a pretty damn good job of summarizing the whole thing before it does yeah lead, leading into some new scholarship uh, I, sorry i don't i don't mean to cut you off but there's actually also a very i think there's an episode of lore if you've never listened to the lore podcast with alan Menke, um aaron Menke. sorry aaron Menke. yeah <laughs> alan Menke is the the composer for disney um i think it's aaron anyway uh he has a really good episode on it and there's there's a ton of other podcasts that have covered the mary celeste but you know what you're here so listen to rob uh yeah i'll read a I'll read a bit of the article uh for everyone at home on some background uh the british brig de gratia was about 400 miles east of the azores december 5th 1872 when crew members spotted a ship adrift in the choppy seas Captain David Morehouse was taken aback to discover the unguided vessel was the Mary Celeste, which had left New York City eight days before him and should have already arrived in Genoa, Italy. He changed course to offer help. Morehouse sent a boarding party to the ship. Below decks, the ship's charts had been tossed about, and the crewmen's belongings were still in their quarters. The ship's only lifeboat was missing, 
and one of its two pumps had been disassembled. Three and a half feet of water was sloshing about the ship's bottom. Through the cargo of 1,700 barrels of industrial alcohol, was lar- and that was largely intact. There was a six-month supply of food and water, but not a soul on the ship to consume it. Uh, so this thing had just shown up uh, in perfectly seaworthy condition, cargo intact, everyone's stuff on the boat, and the entire crew was gone. Yeah, everything looked, it looked like no one had stepped foot on it. It looked perfectly preserved. Uh, about, uh, I think, 10 people were originally on it. Yes, seven seven crewmen, the captain, his wife, and their two, uh, two-year-old daughter. Uh, the last entry in the ship's log had been recorded about 10 days before. Um, so the article goes on to uh, uh, say, you know, kind of the furor that rose up at the time of what happened to this ship and where did the crew go. Um, there's all these interesting theories that have come up over the years. My favorite is that they encountered a water spout that sucked everyone off the boat, mm-hmm. uh, which is like a bizarre twister. What happens to Superman's <laughs> dad, Man of Steel? Uh, or that um, one of the barrels had been leaking some of this industrial alcohol, which uh, kind of caught fire in a not so harmful way, and they thought the ship was going to explode and everyone fucked off. That's yeah. That's one of the theories that they thought. Oh God, it's going to explode! Everybody abandoned ship. But you'd think that they wouldn't have gotten far enough where the ship didn't explode, and they could just go. Oh, let's just go back to the ship. Yeah, <laughs> um, as, you know, people were talking about pirates and slavers and all these different things. Yeah. Um, so then the article goes on to follow a, a, a writer uh, who had been involved with some documentaries about it. By the way, there's been. A bunch of documentaries Many. about this yeah. Discovery Channel shit. People writing. Uh, it's it's a popular, popular tale. Yeah. And she, she tries to crack the mystery and ultimately comes to probably what the correct conclusion is, although we will never know, uh, which is, um, in, in short, that, you know, one of the pumps was not working. There was a bad storm. Uh, they had lost track of where they were. Um, didn't know that they were close to shore, thought they had a long ways to go. Then they saw shore, panicked because of the storm, got in the, got in the lifeboat and probably capsized um, mm. after a, a, a long series of confusion. Uh, also probably could not have told at the time how much water was in the ship in the ship's hull because right. they couldn't get down there and move everything around because of the pump issues. Um, yeah, but it's for, you know, <laughs> two centuries now. People have been speculating about this making up ghost stories uh and it's yeah with one of the most enduring legends of the nautical world yeah you've probably seen if you're into horror movies at all you've seen the movie ghost ship which is basically what it's it's sort of a retelling of of this almost i mean it's 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 uh what's it called it's uh inspired by so uh-huh. it's not a, an exact representation of the Mary Celeste, but it is about a cruise ship where uh, it went missing and, and then it suddenly shows up and ghosts and ghosts and ghosts um (laughs) it's i have always actually it's an early 2000s have you ever seen it rob uh yeah i think i saw it at the time yeah it's an early 2000s horror movie so it's got like super like heavy metal music playing and stuff it's really interesting but i was always a i was always a a guilty pleasure of mine was uh (laughs) was watching that movie um it's got a good cast it's got um i think eric christian olsen is in it and uh couple other people um or is it no i might be thinking of event for event horizon for eric christian olsen there um but anyway i digress as always <laughs> <the podcast>. um <laughs> why don't we 
we we pretty much touched on everything in the article and it's the smithsonian magazine article which will be linked in the description of the episode below um if you want to read further there's like rob said there's there's documentaries there's there's articles there's everything on this story it's very famous for near 200 years um aliens and everything and 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 speaking of all those different types of twists and turns and whittly do that's um rob what do you got Okay, so uh, my movie is called Wanderlust. Uh, two words, not one. So not the Paul Rudd, Jen Aniston movie. No, no. <laughs> Why do you remember yeah. that? <laughs> because Matt and I quote it all the time. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I should talk. You and I perform the entirety of... Of role models of every role models, single time so. we're together. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Paul Rudd. He's at the center of it every time. It is, it is. I'm going to run the train on these chicken figures. I'm going to be like... Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> we could we gotta gotta stop we're gonna do it yeah this podcast will turn into a retelling of role models so if you want that tweet at us um that'll be our special special (laughs) it's episode 50 it's us reading the script for role models oh gosh um (laughs) all right it's ruined the show is ruined Uh, cancel cancel it cancel it cut it uh so it's called wanderlust uh, just because I'm kind of high on him uh, recently, my director's gonna be Andrew Dominic. Oh hell yeah! Uh, and uh, I'll do a cast of uh, two young Irish actors, Jesse Buckley and Robert Sheehan. Okay. Um, and what I wanted to do there, uh, the Mary Celeste was kind of larger. It was a, it, it could take a lot of cargo, so I was like, ah, I want to shrink that down. I want to do something more personal. So I'm gonna have these two uh, uh, people, probably an Irish couple. Um, who are hired to sail a very nice schooner. Uh, <laughs> That's not a from... schooner. It's a sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> Damn sailboat. <laughs> um, uh, they are hired to sail it um, from the British Isles uh, down, I think, probably to Spain or maybe even Italy, all the way into the Mediterranean, uh, just to uh, drop the boat off for a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do kind of one of those isolation type films where these two people uh, over the course of the film and the course of getting lost, like they can't even see mainland Europe anymore Mm. um, are both starting to lose it in different ways. Um, I like to imagine that Robert Sheehan's character starts truly uh, getting paranoid and believing that uh, she's going to kill him and take all the delivery money for herself. That she's been uh, messing with the charts when he's not looking, and that's why you know he should be able to see Spain. Like you know, we're going Europe is it's all smushed together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were the names of your actors again? Uh, Jesse Buckley, Jesse Buckley, and Robert Sheehan. Jesse Buckley and Robert Sheehan. Why do I not remember either of these people? Jesse. Uh, well, Robert Sheehan's probably best known for being in the Umbrella Academy. Oh, okay. Uh, as I Klaus. Yet. Uh, he was also on a show in England called The Misfits. That was good. Okay. Uh, Jesse Buckley. Buckley looks to be from Judy, the Renee Zellweger, Judy Garland movie. Yeah. Um, she was also in a really good movie called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Oh, okay. She's in The Courier. Oh, she's in Doolittle. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't actually know her. Yeah, sorry. I just yeah. wanted to know who they were. I don't, I don't know them. Yeah. Uh, continue. Yes, uh, this is my least star-studded uh, production <laughs> that we've done so far, but I like them both a lot. Uh, Jesse Buckley's got a movie coming out called Man that I'm really excited for. It's a new A24 movie. 
Nice. Uh, looks creepy as shit. So, uh, yeah, uh, over the course of this, they become inexplicably lost um, and turn on each other in different ways. He believes she's going to kill him uh, uh, to keep the money. And she thinks he's got so you know, he's clearly got cabin fever, which he does. Mm-hmm. And that he's going to kill her. Um, and that this may have been all some kind of setup because their relationship was going through some problems. Um, and i that's what I want to explore throughout the, the course of it is, you know, they keep in, encountering different setbacks. Like none of this, there's a slight, maybe supernatural element to it. Like we don't explain it. Like, why are they so utterly and completely lost mm-hmm. on the open sea? Um, when they like were there's, just there's going... no, there's no real reason they should be lost. No. when you think about it, it's like, you know, it's Ireland and England. They're just floating almost within visual distance of France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of hard to lose Europe. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. no reason this should be happening. Um, like and the, the degradation of that relationship and the mistrust that happens, all of the thing. Um, I think the denouement of it, I, I have this visual in my head if whichever one survives, because of course someone's going to fucking die in this scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the boat spotting land uh, and uh, she climbs ashore and we see the compass, which has just been spinning out of control uh, throughout this entire film now kind of corrects itself and sits in the right place and it's pointing West. So she has not landed anywhere in fucking <laughs> Europe because it should be pointing east. Right, right, right. Uh, and I just find that to be like a little, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's Wanderlust. Um, who is your director again? Andrew Dominic. Andrew Dominic, right. Um, he's doing a Marilyn Monroe movie that is very excited. Currently rated NC-17 apparently and that he's not willing to budge on. It's it's going to be an Andrew Dominic movie, meaning it's going to be absolutely beautiful and fantastic, and no one is going to see it. Um, <laughs> that, that poor fucking man. Yep. His movies are absolute masterpieces, and then they don't market, and no one sees it. People went to see Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and they were like, oh, Brad Pitt's going to be in an action western. It is not an action movie. It is nope. one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. If not, it probably has the best cinematography of any movie I've ever watched. Oh yeah, gorgeous! Um, the, the the attempts at almost imitating the 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 look of photographs from the period. Oh, the old glass and kind of yeah. like the the wavy. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Because that was that was Roger Deakins, right? I believe that was Deakins. Yeah, it's got to be at this point. Um, and then, of course, he did uh, Killing Them Softly with Brad as well, which also didn't do well, but should have been an Oscar nomination for James Gandolfini, at least. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ, he was good in that. Yeah. The, yep, it Dominic was is a, Okay, cool. Uh, Dominic is a fantastic director. And uh, that, that that sounds like a pretty good pitch there, Rob. Like <laughs> pretty good pitch. Uh, <laughs> so that's what I'm looking at here on my laptop. And Nicholas, what do you got? All right. We uh, we have different movies. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I did also do a similar. It's still like a psychological thriller. Uh, obviously, this is the Mary Celeste we're talking about. We're not going to we we could have tried something super different and done like a comedy or something. But um, uh, basically, my movie is called Behind the Door. Um, it is a it takes place in uh, 1950s America, suburbia, um, you know, uh, white collar suburbia. Uh, small town and uh, it is very 
Twilight Zone-esque, which is why my director is Jordan Peele. Um, it is about two families. Uh, the first family is Sterling K. Brown, uh, Laura Harrier, uh, who, who plays... Shoot, what's her name? The girl from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, who's Peter's... Uh, uh, Michael Keaton's daughter. I forget. I forget her name. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and Storm Reed, who is making a lot of headway uh with euphoria right now she's mm. uh making a lot of uh waves if you will pun intended mary Celeste. yeah euphoria really blew up this year it's, and it's yeah season it really two. did it's it's it really blew i haven't watched it yet i i'm interested zendaya is supposed to be absolutely fabulous in it and sydney sweeney's supposed to be really good too uh it looks um it looks really good i just haven't watched it yet um my my aging doesn't really work very well i mean jordan uh jordan peele uh sterling k brown is in his he's like 45 laura harrier is 30 and storm reed is 16 and supposed to be playing their daughter so it doesn't really work out but whatever hollywood magic um yeah. my other family is uh a group of whites uh played by <laughs> colin hanks rachel mcadams and their daughter mckenna grace uh my movie starts uh with the two families having a somber dinner uh together their next door neighbors um, and they're having a somber dinner. Just the, the conversation seems very low. They don't all seem like, oh, hey, hey, fun night out with families, having dinner, playing card games and stuff. Um, something about it seems a little bit off. We find out afterwards that after dinner is done, the two families get into their respective uh, fallout shelters every night because they expect the bombs to drop from the Red Scare. Uh, so every night they get into their fallout shelters, say goodnight to each other and, uh, you know, wake up the next morning and do it all over again the next night. Um, so it's kind of a, uh, they're, they're going about their business, but it's, it's very routine every single night they do this until one night, um, Sterling K Brown, uh, and Laura Harrier's family wake up the next morning and go to check on their neighbors. And suddenly their neighbors aren't there. The shelter is still locked and shut. Uh, they fi- they have a way in because like the two families, you know, whatever, they have keys to each other's shelters to help each other out or whatever. Um, but the shelter is still locked. The the beds are still made and everything is in perfect condition. But the, the family itself has just disappeared mm. and they don't know where they are. Now, since this is a Jordan Peele movie, everyone else in the neighborhood and it's the 1950s uh, is going to start to think that Sterling K. Brown and his wife murdered the family because they're the only black family in the neighborhood. Jesus. So it becomes a, uh, a definitely a, a race war issue uh, in middle class white suburbia in the 1950s, while also this family is trying to uncover what happened to their best friends. Um, and that's my film, Behind the Door. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about this one, actually. But you forgot the part where Kenneth Branagh shows up with a big mustache and he's going to solve it. <laughs> or where Stephen Root shows up and wants to steal Sterling K. Brown's brain. Oh my! Oh my! Okay, that's. I don't know what away. to do with this information anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, that's a different film. <laughs> I mean, it's Get Out, so <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> it's not really a different film. It's still Jordan Peele. Right. Um, all right, let's put this together. Uh okay, 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 okay. I I, hmm. I like the idea of there being two groups involved. Yeah, because then you can see from the other side what what's happening. Um, I'm trying so to think if we the, do something with a ship or not. You know, 
The reason I was going to say I think we should keep it on a boat is because I don't see how the authorities don't become immediately and overwhelmingly involved in your scenario. That's true. That's true. You'd think they would just immediately arrest the family and be like, you stay in jail while we figure this out. Yeah, I, I, I don't see... I don't see what their way out or their continued involvement in the story is. Mm, true. Okay. Uh, especially if suspicion is going to be so heavily placed upon them, because we're setting up the notion that it's like, well, where you know where do they? You were the only ones like around. Where did they go? Yeah. There's the no evidence. Ones... The car is here. Yeah. You know, nothing is taken from the house. You have a key to their shelter. Obviously, something. You know, you did it. You know. Yeah. So what if? Um... You know, time periods aside, what if we have um, these two groups of yours um, that are traveling by boat somewhere, relatively small, there's room enough for these casts, Mm -hmm. and probably just about that much. That could still even be a schooner. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I like saying schooner. It's not a schooner, it's a sailboat. (laughs) Schooner is a sailboat, you idiot. There is no Easter Bunny! (laughs) (laughs) It escalates so fast. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, if they're they're traveling together on these boats, uh, either they're friendly families or they don't really know each other. They just happen to be traveling together. And that other family does go missing. Mm-hmm. Now there's, you know, a, a longer current of paranoia and what happens and how do we get out of this? Um, as you know, the only other people on the boat now are like two crew members mm-hmm. uh, sailing the thing who are like, well, we didn't do it and you all were below decks. So where, you know, when did you dump the bodies, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Brown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, the, he just barely manages to be like, oh, there's something going on here. Let's just get back to, you know, to port. And, you know, they still got some time left. And he's basically desperately trying to find a solution that's not, I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so we is it just the two families on the boat? The two families and then the and then the people, you know, sailing Work, the boat. Working the boat. Yeah. yeah, yeah which is so. just like two, maybe three people, probably just two though, because the schooner isn't huge. Okay, and where are they going? Do we have a destination? Is it just like a leisurely Okay, let's see. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you guys going to go? It could be... Do, first of all, are we doing it present day? That's also a good question. Because then we have to worry about technology and things like that. And mm-hmm. I guess, although it, I, it could be interesting if we do it present day, it's kind of like a... Almost like a ferry, you know? Like the yeah. families have... Oh, what? You know what? What if we don't do a boat? What if we do a cross-country train? Speaking of Hercule Perot. <laughs> oh god not the orient express <laughs> no no we don't have to do we don't have to do the orient I'm just saying, like we do like an amtrak or something okay then you have a lot more people to play with if you want to but it's maybe like a very luxurious one so it's a small one with only a couple families or whatever okay so why wouldn't we stop i guess is the uh yeah that's a yeah i guess you're right we probably do have to keep it to a boat because it's the only place where yeah we don't get caught up in a because in Orient Express, it's you know a snowstorm covers the tracks, right? And if we do that, then we're then we're engaging in hackery. <laughs> um, oh, damn, I don't know. Okay, how so how about from we could do from from California to 
trying to think of something that's not too far. Um, Alaska. I mean, that's pretty far, but no, it's it's relative. It's not bad. Stay along the coast. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. You know, then we're you know getting out to a little bit more of the open sea because you got to kind of hook left to get to Alaska. Right, right, right. And Hawaii, then also, I feel you like get to, it's too far. You get to, you get to play with the weather too. I think that'd be mm-hmm. really cool. You start having these issues up towards like the snowy areas and fog and ice mm-hmm. and stuff. That that comes to a good uh <clears throat> a good setting for the film. Yeah, or maybe we should start in Alaska and we're heading back down to California. Okay, so maybe they're coming home from their vacation. Yes, uh, whatever business or pleasure they were conducting there, it's that's very hand wavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever they're doing, they could they could work together. Maybe that they know each other. That that makes it a little bit more um, compelling of a situation. Yes, the two families know each other, and they that they're going up there to you know for the husbands have to do a job and the families are meant to, you know, enjoy themselves while they're working. And mm-hmm. maybe there is like a spat they have with business. Yeah. Business. Do we, uh, we could set it. A business like, spat. Yeah. Like at the dawn of the, the kind of the oil drilling trade in Alaska. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When mm-hmm. was that exactly? Oh, it was early mid 1900s. I, I assume same with Okay. The, so we'll stick around the, the 50s, 60s or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah they they both have like some type of spat that is heard on the boat happens before they leave so you know you hear them arguing and stuff the wives mm-hmm. are trying to like calm them down and stuff like that mm. um, do we still go the route that one family is, is black and one family is white yeah I mean I like that cast okay so we'll stick with the cast um, I think this is a Jordan Peele movie then yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go with Jordan. Um, where's my notes? I switched pages. Um, so we do that now. The the big question, obviously, is Alaska's largest oil field, the largest oil field in North America, was discovered and selected for drilling in the early 1960s. Yeah, so this works. Okay, all right, sounds good. That's a good time. Good so the racial the racial undertone is a hundred percent there. Absolutely, we're right. We're right before the civil rights movement, so maybe right. We're in like maybe 1965 or something like that. Yeah. Um. So we're right before. Uh, the biggest question obviously has to be what does actually happen to the family? Hmm. Because I think we. It, I don't think that's something that we can just be like, oh, you'll never know. I think we have to. So the last time we see them. Yeah, the last time we see them. You know, everyone's had everyone's had dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the it's the first night of sailing. We've gotten out, and there's uh, a storm after dinner. Everyone goes down below decks, like all right, everyone, just try and get some sleep. We're gonna ride this out, and yeah. as they close the doors to go to bed, that's the last time we see the other family. Because uh, everyone's, you know, that's not running the ship is like hunkering down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of why, you know, we're not 100 percent aware of what's happening, or, or there's no. Like, you know, noise that startles anyone or anything like that. Because there's a storm right. going on. Um, now, some of the theories in the article were certainly interesting. I don't think pirates. Yeah, no, I don't think <laughs> um, pirates. I don't think ex-slaves. Pirates timeline wouldn't match in this that. scenario 
would actually be the boring choice, weirdly yeah. enough. Yeah, I think we do something. It's got to be Twilight Zone-esque. It's got to be yeah. something. Whether it's, I don't think it's, it doesn't have to be aliens. It can be a time loop, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of similar to, what was the, they all blend together. What was the pitch we did? That was the island shows up that I. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that one. <laughs> which one was that? That was. Uh, I can't remember the name we settled on. Um, I think it was All Souls. Is that right? No, no, that's the Halloween one. No, no. I, uh, I remember what, what my name pitch for was. I don't remember what we settled on. Something, it was. It was like a very technical word. <laughs> uh, it was Invariant. Yes, yes. Invariant was the. I like the that pitch one. There. That was a good pitch. Yeah, that's good. Actually, a little bit off topic. I think, at least for a portion of episode fifty, I would like to do our top five picks, like your top five episodes. Oh yeah, sure. We, mine. we can chat about that. Um, I think that'd be a, a fun little intro to uh, to episode fifty. Um, but idea. yeah, I think we can do something like temporal space, uh, displacement, or something like that. We could do time travel. Uh-huh. We could do aliens. Um. Because I don't think we do just like murder and throw them overboard, right? Like that's, it's got to be something, unless we go the opposite route and we do like, you think it is something supernatural the entire time and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. Let's see. Because like you can go somewhat of like the monsters are due on Maple Street route. You can, you can even go somewhat, uh. The first, oh, what's the first episode of Twilight Zone called? Where the guy's in the small town that's the same set as Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> and it turns out he's in like a, a an army deprivation tank that his brain is just like. Yeah, oh my gosh. Going oh, and there was on. a, yeah, there was the jacket with Adrian Brody. That's where my mind went immediately. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. If we're going to be like, this is weird and supernatural, we can't explain it. Let's mm-hmm. think of two clues that they would find that would lead them to believe whatever happened to them was impossible. And then I think I have a more mundane reason for it. Okay. So let's see. What, are, what is something that would absolutely boggle your mind other than the fact that, you know, everything, all their possessions are undisturbed? So you're saying, I'm sorry, you're saying what are clues that can point to something supernatural, but it yes. actually is mundane? Yes. Um, so if you were to walk into this cabin and see everyone's stuff still here the bed's only you know a little must because you know they were sleeping in them maybe there's something like I something along the lines of like the wife always keeps her makeup out and everything's neatly packed away I don't know something like um, see, the door the door was definitely like locked uh, you know, from the inside. Yeah, there's no signs of uh, intrusion or anything. No like signs that. of forced entry. Window is closed. What could, let's see, what could there be? Um, what if there's like a weird marking on the wall? Yeah, like a uh, like a black powder. Yeah, I was just thinking like something like I'm envisioning. Um, I'm envisioning the the kind of the way that they the aliens write in Arrival. Something that kind of looks like black spider webs almost or something. Hmm. Like yeah, weirdly inexplicable. And it looks like it's there. trying to write something, but it's not in mm-hmm. English. It's mm-hmm. in some type of weird language that they've never seen. Yeah. It's just like a scribbling in this weird blackness. Yeah. I like that. 
Um, and then one more thing, maybe something to do with the kid. Um, yes. Something. Let's see. We're taking place in the 60s, so it can't be like they posted something on social. Um, hmm. Maybe that's. Hmm. I'm trying to think something like upside down or something. Yeah. Um, but I can't think of it. Like I was thinking like maybe the windows broken in a particular way, but that's sort of similar to like the black powder we're going to use. Yeah. Um, Hey, this is what people love listening to the podcast about. It's the dead air while we think of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes constructing a mystery is harder than solving it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. This is not easy for us. So why don't you the only, the only sign Uh, The only sign of the room being disturbed at all is that the kid's mattress is just like slightly flipped over, flipped over. Like the covers of the pillow are, you know, underneath the mattress now. But it's still perfectly made. Yep. Yeah. It's just it's just been completely rotated. Yeah. Just like weird. It's just like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, and now. So we so they start thinking, I don't know, it's the 60s. We're in the middle of like big sci fi bumps in Hollywood. So they're starting to think aliens. Yep. Or some type of, you know, unwanted visitor, sea monster, something. Yeah. Ghosts of the seas. <laughs> pirates. Um, ghost pirates. How long um, have we been on this ship? <laughs> Help me to recollect. <laughs> uh, but instead, what is the actual reasoning? Where are they? Do they come back? Are they dead? They are not dead. They're not dead. No. Um, when we get to shore, the only reasonable explanation to the authorities uh, is that Sterling K. Brown has killed his business partner mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. his family over the oil field. Yep. Um, and the the people, the the boat workers, the crew also believe that. Yes. And like they've got ship logs and everything. Like we've accounted for ourselves. We were working during this whole period. Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Dorm we all clock. heard them screaming. Yeah. Crew does not have keys to the passenger cabins. Yeah. Um, so I think Sterling K. Brown goes to jail for this. Okay. Okay. And we can move forward a bit at the end of the film years later. Ooh. Okay. To when Sterling's daughter has now put two and two together uh, and done some investigating and has tracked down Colin Farrell. You mean Colin Hanks? Oh, I'm sorry, Colin Hanks, yes. Um, there's too many Collins. <laughs> you could use Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, has, has tracked down Colin Hanks. Uh, and she outlines to him how he framed her father. Um, and it was ultimately very, very simple. Um, you know, when they locked the door and everything, he had paid for the reason that a life raft is missing is he had paid someone to lash another small lifeboat to the side mm-hmm. uh, near their cabin that no one noticed in an extra an extra life raft, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that he had left weird things in the cabin to kind of throw people throw off. off their scent. Yeah, but ultimately they are inconsequential, mm-hmm. and you still arrive at the previous conclusion of well there's only one other group that could have done this on the boat. Uh, and this is because he was escaping with the, the land lease and deeds for the oil company. Okay. So is he being helped by some of the crew? <clears throat> I think almost definitely. Okay. Now here's the question. 
do we do this movie basically in two parts where the first half is the mystery. The second half is she's grown up trying to figure it out. Oh, I don't think we can stretch the figure out, uh, too far presentation of the, uh, okay. Of how you did it. Uh, so too, then too much. Okay. So then, then we basically, the movie ends when he goes to jail, we cut forward five, six years. Yep. And, she's been working on it we see maybe like 10 minutes or so of the ending is that um of her finding him and stuff yeah her in alaska yeah oh yeah he's there he's still in alaska yeah, yeah. he you know that was part of uh part of the reason that he had so much like weird black powder on hand is he was changing the documents and uh putting the lease for the uh oil field in the name of another person which Ooh, is like you know that. also him oh i like that so his family, they're just, they're living off the land and yeah. stuff while Sterling K. Brown's been in jail. Mattress is flipped over because that's where he hid a bunch of like, you know, extra supplies for getting off the boat and where yeah. he hid all the documents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the idea of the the life raft, but instead of having a life raft gone missing, which would make them think they just left. Oh, no, no, no. It's, life- not, it's not that a raft went missing. They added another one. Yeah. Was, okay. Uh, that's why I thought se- I wasn't secretly sure. secured to the side of the boat. He had okay. paid so- someone to link that up there. So that's how they got off. But they mm-hmm. still think that no life raft was taken because none of theirs, exactly, that are, uh, you know, for that boat were taken. Yep. Life, the life uh, boats. There were plenty of lifeboats. They were just all there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. So they Andrews. They, <laughs> they obviously didn't take a life raft. Yep. Um, lifeboat, life raft. Um, it's a door. It's Rose. Um what's our title behind the door doesn't work i guess wander lust does but yeah especially if we dip into greed um that's true um something to do at sea what are some some nautical terms what are some naughty nautical terms (laughs) jesus nautical terms (laughs) Naughty. (laughs) naughty He's so naughty. Nautical phrases. Uh, tied over. So there's a there's a place uh, off of Alaska called the Bering Strait. Mm-hmm. And maybe we could just change the spelling of that to, you know, Bering Strait. Okay. Uh, like, you know, keeping keeping course straight ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's um, a little, it's a little, little pun for the Alaskans. I like that. What is the straight ahead? Is it B-A-R-I-N-G or is it B-E-A-R-I-N-G? I, I've completely lost track of spelling, so I'm just going to message it to you. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to go with, I think it's bearing straight would be B-A-R-I-N-G, I think, right? So I, I, just, I just chatted you the one I'm pitching and the name of the actual place. Yeah, because the name of the actual place is B-E-R, right? Yes. I, I believe. Yeah, B E R I N G S T R A I T. I didn't get your text. Um, Look at the chat. Oh, the chat in the the thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> the chat in the. Th- I think I th- you said text. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's the it, it's the B E A R. Never mind. Yes, that, that would that would be the title that we're going with as a riff on famous Alaskan water channel. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I like it. This is sort of a shorter episode, but, uh, I think we got there. Definitely. Um, well, still, we got a, 
Um, talk about the cast. I don't think my crew works for the crew in this scenario. Yeah, so I mean, let's say, do we cut out the? No, we can't cut out the kids because the point of Storm Reed is that she's the one that's uncovering this later on in life. Um, yeah. So we just keep my my families: Sterling K. Brown, Laura Harrier, Storm Reed, Colin Hanks, Rachel McAdams, and McKenna Grace. Yeah, uh, Jordan Peele. And then do like maybe Captain the First Mate. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it's like a two family schooner, that should be all right for operating it. Um. Who do we get? Who do we get? Yeah, now we can open it up a little more. I don't know why I'm thinking of uh, what is his name? I always forget this dude's name. What's he uh, in? Uh, he, he's in Mister Deeds as the like Winona Ryder's ball. Jared Harris. Jared Harris is a good choice. I always forget his name. He's in so much. Yeah, he's um, hard to keep track of in some way. He's like a very good actor, and he yeah. changes himself a lot in his bearing and his voice for all these different roles. Like, yeah. When you go from that to when he was uh, Lane Price on Mad Men to oh yeah he was on Mad Men yeah you know uh, playing um, uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes nemesis Moriarty these are all like very different and it's hard when to was remember he that Moriarty in the Robert Downey Jr. film was he oh I don't remember the second movie because he's only in the second right yes because the first movie is Blackwell which is um, Mark, Mark Strong Mark Strong yeah um, all right so who's his first mate hmm me. <laughs> Rob DeConianson. <laughs> um, and this is probably the one who's in on it. Oh, uh, Jamie Bell. Ooh. I don't know why his name just came to mind, but. Yeah, I like it. He seems like a nice, trustworthy young sea boy. <laughs> and he's not. Oh, I, you know why I think his name came to mind? Isn't he, in, isn't he in the Peter Jackson King Kong as like the stowaway? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he is. <laughs> I want to go fight the monkey. No, <laughs> no, I got don't get to fight the monkey. <laughs> he's how old is he? Oh, he's four years older than us. Yeah. Okay, he's got so a baby like face. Thirty-five. That works. All right, because he's in Fan Four Stick. Was he in? Uh, he wasn't King Kong, right? Yes, yep. he was. Yeah, he I'm was. Seeing it. All right, we got our cast. We got our director. We got our title. We got our film. We got our pitch. We got our podcast. We got a Blu-ray copy of Fan Four Stick. No, we don't. Don't ever buy that. <laughs> it's on the way. <laughs> I I don't want to watch it again though. <laughs> I ordered five of them with your credit card. Why did you order five? And why did you order them with my card? <laughs> well, I was gonna order four for it to be funny, but then I thought we'd need a backup just in case. <laughs> just in case we run out of the other four. <laughs> one to display. One to watch. <laughs> one to one to give to friends and family. Wait. <laughs> one to keep in the car for emergencies imagine imagine being this in love with josh trank's fantastic, fantastic i have a copy in the car just in case you know we're ever out and someone doesn't have it you know we need to watch it so you know this what movie i would how, do that with though i would do that with game night i'm sure this is how <laughs> i perceive people who are in the Zack snyder cult <laughs> they just have seven copies of yeah. dawn of the dead remake <laughs> yeah I watched I watched the Snyder Cut every day. <laughs> do you have a copy of 300? Yeah. All right. Do you have a backup copy of 300? My third copy, I enlarged the hole in the middle so I can make love to it. <laughs> I have a fourth copy at my ex-girlfriend's house. She doesn't know it's there. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I don't well, know the, the entire the entire epilogue of this podcast is just absolutely <laughs> dunking 
Just I don't know why, but that's where we've come to. Three and a half minutes of this. That's a great way to end the episode. I'm in a fucking mood. Me too. I'm starving. All right, yep. everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is a pretty cool mystery pitch um, for episode 50. We will do our top five. We'll start off that way. And then we have some other ideas we're going to, I guess, figure out at some point. <laughs> um, well, hope- way, to, way to get people invested. <laughs> if they're still listening at this point, I think they're invested. If they're not then they're not hearing this anyway, so it doesn't matter. Spider-Man will return in, I don't know, (laughs) Spider-Man 4. You're going to show up. Shut up. You're going to go see it, so just shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Um, You know where to find us, like, subscribe, review, all that fun jazz. I don't think we have anything to plug right now. Um, We don't uh, have an Instagram still. Although I think I might have gotten us a tag. The only problem is I don't have access to the email. So I think, you need to, I think you need to activate it. Okay. Um, I was Wait, why able... don't you have access to our email account for this podcast? Uh, because I got a new phone and it won't load because it sends the text to you and I never get it. Oh, God. Now I got to go on Gmail and try and convince <laughs> it to show me the password. Show me the money. Because um, I'm just auto logging in. <laughs> I think I did just get us. Not just. I did this like last week or something. I think I got us. What do you got podcast? So I didn't okay. get WDYG or I didn't get What Do You Got, but I think I got What Do You Got podcast. So. That's cool. Yeah, because we've had some really interesting ideas for for some of the art. Supplemental yeah. content and art and stuff. Yeah, that we, will, to we, do. Will, we will get back into that. Um, I've even hopefully. wanted to cut together a quick fake trailer That'd for be a great. movie or two. Like they do with the Seinfeld fake movies and stuff, like Sack Launch. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it when they do that. Or I don't know if you remember uh somebody had uh and we believed it for like a half an hour cut together a trailer that made it seem like oscar isaac was legitimately playing gomez adams in a new adams family movie i think i've seen it and we lost our shit for like a while (laughs) wait a minute i'm not seeing this anywhere else this is just really well cut (laughs) it's probably a lot of cuts from um uh sucker punch which is the Zack snyder movie It probably was. <laughs> I got three copies of Sucker Punch. I have a I have a copy in your car. <laughs> just it melted. Ever, just in case you ever need it, you know. <laughs> in case you don't have your backup, you got to go watch it when you're at work. I mean, you got to watch Sucker Punch. You got to watch Sucker Punch. I don't know what else to tell you. I'll say this in all honesty. Both of us should be killed. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Everyone, we love you. Thank you for listening to the show. <laughs> I've been Rob. I've been Nick. Fade it out. Why why is this what we got? <laughs> what do you got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Vice. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Vice. 